You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. antithesis of true is to be fake, bogus, phony, not keeping things genuine or real. We need to be true. Need to be bona fide. Need to be real in what we profess. We don't need to say things just to be talking. That's a big mistake because according to Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. If I say it, I need to mean it. If I Loose words to curse something, I need to mean it when I speak it on whatever I'm speaking it on. Because what I say matters. And knowing that I need to be true when it comes to using my words. I need to have a true confession. I need to be bona fide when I talk about what I believe or what I'm expecting God to do. It's imperative that we be true to God and to ourselves. You agree? I want to consider some passages in the Bible in reference to truth. I want to go to my favorite one first, John the 8th chapter. Just turn from Luke one book over. You'll find John, the 8th chapter. And I'm going to start at verse 32. Well, 31. Let's start at verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know, notice the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You have to always remember truth will cause something to happen to your entire being, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Notice the wording of Jesus again here in uh, John eight thirty two: You shall know the truth and the truth shall make who? You free. When truth gets a hold of your life, you're going to change for the better based upon the verse. If truth makes you free, that means that you're going to be transformed in your mind. And when you're transformed in your mind for the better, you'll start talking better. You'll start doing better. You will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And some of us, that, that's our testimony. When folks ask us what happened, we, we tell them point blank, the truth is what happened. The reason I no longer depend on this, that, or the other is because of the truth. And truth, breaking it down, is actually a person. Let me prove it. Go to John, the 14th chapter. And notice verse 6. John, the 14th chapter, verse 6. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the way. And notice the second thing, the what? Truth is a person. Now, Jesus being truth also represents that truth is the word. I said truth is the word or the word of God. Let me prove that, John, the first chapter. 
Y'all stay with me. We're having a little Bible study. We know that the truth will make us free and that the truth is a person, the person being Jesus. But notice John, the first chapter and the first verse, in the beginning was the Word and the Word with God and the Word was God. You see that? So the Word was God, right? Notice John 1 and 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. A reference to Jesus. So, the truth makes us free. The truth is a person or Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God. So the truth theologically represents the word of God. And the only thing that can change your, your spirit, soul, and body the right way is the word. I said the only thing that can change you the right way is the word. The truth will make you what? When the truth makes you free from a biblical standpoint, it says that you're going to be delivered. That's the reason if you're really saved, you, you can't continue practicing sin. No way. You can continue being a junkie if you don't got a hope to real truth. No, you'll lay down the ball and you get a hope to real truth. You won't even want no more MD when you get a hope to the truth. Why? It's because the truth will deliver you. The truth will make you free. But the truth... Making you free not only says that it will deliver you, it will protect you. The truth will be a shield to you. Let me back it up with scripture. Let's go to the book of Psalm. Let's go to Psalm 91. Y'all stay with me. Psalm 91 and 4. Ready? I know I'm going fast, but just, just bear with me. Psalm 91 and 4. It says this right here. He shall cover you with his feathers. And on his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckle. The truth will protect you. The truth has protected me from my flesh or from myself. The part of me that is in contrast to God. And don't, don't look at me strange because all of us have, have a part in our life that is in contrast to God. Paul said it this way. He said, every time I would do good, evil is present. Then he asked the question, who going to deliver me from this evil? And then he said, I thank God for Jesus. Of the truth. Because the truth is the only thing that can get you away from the part of you that's evil. Your flesh. I said your flesh. You ever, you ever think wrong? What is it that caused you to get back on track? Truth. Or God. You ever feel like doing wrong? What is it that stops you from doing wrong? The truth. The truth will make you free. It will protect you from yourself. But the truth will also prosper you. you. You cannot know the truth of God's word and put it into action and stay poor. I didn't get a whole lot of response over here. That's the reason I'm walking towards y'all. I'm trying to figure out what's going on over here. And y'all preachers, y'all don't preach this? Why you didn't respond? <laughs> if truth is real and we put into action the truth, we're going to prosper. Yes, we are. We're going to prosper. Again, the truth will make you free, which means it will deliver you, it will protect you, and it will cause you to prosper. Amen? The truth is awesome. 
when it comes to Luke 16 and 10, Jesus was revealing truth when it came to being unjust and faithful. He was revealing truth when it came to being unjust and faithful. And, and he basically said in the verse that if we are unjust when it comes to the least or little, we'll be unjust when it comes to the great or to big things. Bottom line, if you're unjust, you're just point blank unjust whether it's something small or something great. If you're unjust, you're going to be unjust in the church and outside the church. You're going to be unjust at your house and outside your house. That's basically the message. If you're unjust, it's going to be revealed. It's going to be manifested no matter where you are. The archaic or primitive meaning of being unjust is to be dishonest. You'll tell a lie. You may smile, but you'll be lying. Because you're unjust. Biblically, if you're unjust... It says about you that you do not live by faith. The antithesis of unjust is just. And Romans 1 and 17 says the just shall live by faith. If I am unjust, I'm not going to live by faith. If I am unjust, I may listen to preaching, but I'm not going to practice what I am. I may even, amen, I may even say uh, the preacher show preach today, but I'm not going to practice it in the manner that I need because in my heart, I am unjust. An unjust person is not going to live by sight. And, and the first sign of trouble will reveal whether you're just or unjust. Because if you're unjust, pressure will cause you to make decisions based upon what you see. And when you, child of God, make a decision based upon what you see, and you're not being led by God, you're doing something unjust. You're doing something that is in actuality a violation of a divine principle. Because God is the one that said in the Old and the New Testament through writers, that the just should live by faith. Amen? Amen? And it's just not good to be, to be unjust from a biblical standpoint. Let me show you some scripture. Let's go to uh, the book of Proverbs. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. And let's consider Proverbs, the 11th chapter. Y'all ready? Notice Proverbs 11 and 7. When a wicked man dies... His expectation will perish. And the hope of the unjust 
perishes. See, if, if, if you're unjust, you can wish, but ultimately it's not going to happen. Because you're wishing for something without connecting it to God. And the Bible is clear. Things are going to pass saving God's word. Let me make it more clear. Matthew 24 and 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass. That means everything that we see. Heaven and earth shall pass but not God's word. And if an unjust person is not a believer of God's word to the degree that he or she puts it into action, his or her hope is going to perish. Because true hope, according to Romans 8 and 24, says that you believe in something you don't even see. And you are expecting it to happen. Amen? And so that's the reason he decrees here that the hope of the unjust shall perish. It's not going, it's not going to, to last. So you can hope all day, but it's not going to come to fruition. But, but on the other hand, if you are a just person and you understand Romans 8 and 24 tells you to hope for what you don't see, and then wait for it. If you wait, not only is God going to manifest what he promised, but he's going to do more than what you are looking for. Because the Bible says he'll do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think. Amen? Can we go further? Let's go to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, the 18th chapter. I want you to notice what Jesus said about an unjust judge in a parable in Luke the 18th chapter. Y'all ready? Verse 5 is where we'll start. Luke 18 and 5. It's going to start off a little awkward. Jesus said, yet because this widow, this is what the judge is saying, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Hear what the unjust judge said. Let me back up to verse 4. It's going to make it much clearer. Uh, Luke 18 and 4. And I'm going to read until the sixth verse. Ready? The unjust judge, Jesus said this about the unjust judge, and he would not for a while, but after what he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then, then Jesus said, hear what the unjust judge said. Now, first thing you see about the unjust judge which you can reference to an unjust person, is that an unjust person does not regard or respect man nor God. Now in the parable, the unjust judge was asked by a widow to do certain things, but he wouldn't do it. But then she kept coming to the unjust judge. Until finally, he changed and said, well, she's coming too much, so I'm going to do it. What it says about an unjust person is that an unjust person is double-minded. An unjust person can say, I won't, but then turn around and say, I'll do it. And see, when you find yourself as a child of God being double-minded, you're operating as an unjust person. I said, you're operating as an unjust person. If you're going to trust God for your salvation, trust Him. 
If you're not going to do anything until God leads you to do it, stay there. Remain there until he tells you to do something. But but don't put no time limit on God. No, just, just I'm going to stay here until God says different. Just wait on God. But don't wait on no audible voice. Don't, don't, don't say, well, I'm going to wait on God. And you think and waiting on him means you're going to hear something from, from the sky. No. Because God talks directly and indirectly. And often if we got a one-track mind, God could have said something through the preacher or through somebody else. And you still talking about you waiting on God. But if you're unjust, you're double-minded. And see, according to the book of James, the first chapter, if a person is double-minded, he or she is not going to receive anything. Get this, from the Lord. Can you imagine yourself not getting anything from God? Do, Do you know that you can be in a season of better but not receiving better because you got two minds? God saying better is here and better is coming, but one minute I believe it and the next minute I don't. That means in a season where he's releasing better, I'm not getting anything. <laughs> Boy, that can't be me. Man, it might can be you, but it, that, that can't be me. You may be all right with that, but I ain't all right. You all right with that? Well, you got to quit being double-minded. Because one reason the Lord had me go to this verse, he said, you know what? It's some folks ain't getting better the way I want them to get it because they're double-minded. See, in some of us, we, we can believe certain things. But see, in a season to where God is taking us higher, you got to elevate your mind. See, see, you, 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 you okay with believing certain things because you used to receiving certain things on that particular level. But there are many things God want to do for you. You're going to have to elevate your mind. You're going to have to think further. You're going to have to think higher in order to receive. And often the enemy will try to confuse you when, when you're looking for God to do something greater for you. But you can't allow the enemy to confuse you, child of God. You just got to know that if God is God, he can do anything save fail. I said, you have to know if God is God, he can do anything save what? And God wants you to elevate your mind. He wants you to look for him to do more than what you've been receiving. He wants you to look for him to do more than you expect. The question is, can you elevate your mind to, to receive from him what you're not used to? Oh, good God. I need somebody to help me preach this. This is some good preaching material. Look at somebody and say, God want to do more fight. But you got to elevate your mind a little higher. Second Corinthians 8 and 12 say, if thou first be a willing mind. It is acceptable according to what a person has and what he or she does not have. If you can just elevate your mind and believe that God is going to do for you what the doctor said couldn't be done, it'll happen. If you can just elevate your mind and believe this is your season to receive what you have been praying for, God will open up some windows for you. If you can just elevate your mind to believe that your heart's desire is going to come to fruition in this season, a better is here and better is coming. God to blow your mind. Say to your neighbor, you got to believe it, though. But if you have unjust thinking, you cannot. You cannot receive what God has ordained for you to have. And you can be saved, but have stinking thinking. You can be born again, but not 
thinking in the manner you need to think. If you are thinking that that you can't because of where you work, because of your own strength, you got some stinking thinking. You can't look to yourself to bring you out of your situation. You can't look to your job to bring you out of your predicament. You've got to look to the hills or to God from whence cometh real help. David said in the Psalms, I will look to the hills. Why, David? Because that's where my help coming from. You can't trust man to do all you need to be done in your life. That's the reason the prophet says, cursed is the one that trusts in the arm of the power of flesh for his or her deliverance. It's a blessing to have a job, but the job ain't your source. It's a blessing to have income coming in. But your job is not your source. Your business is not your source. God is your source. God took everything that Job had away just to let Job know I'm your source. I done done took it but I can also give it back. And when I can give it back, I can give you back more. And Job learned the lesson because he penned, the Lord give it and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. You have to recognize God is your source. When the, when the job, when the job of the company shut down, that still does not shorten God's hand from saving or causing you to prosper. Say to your neighbor, can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Woo, y'all ain't happy yet. Say it to one more person, can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. If you're unjust, you ain't receiving this. Because if you're unjust in least a little, you'll be unjust in much of big things. But let's take it further. If you're faithful in what is small, You'll be faithful in what is great. Talking about when your ship come in, you're going to start giving God his tithes and offering. No. Three ships can come in, you still won't do right. If you ain't doing right right now, you ain't going to do right when you get more. Because if you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. You got to be faithful despite what you go through. You got to be faithful despite the times of life. You got to be faithful despite what's taking place on the job. Faithful despite what's taking place in your body. Well, if my health was better, I'd be more faithful. No. Look at the text. If you're going to be faithful, it don't matter what's going on in your body. You may not be able to do what every healthy person is doing, but you'll do what you can because you're going to be faithful at least as well as much. Say to your neighbor, I'm wondering if you're faithful in little as well as much. Go ahead and tell them if you are or not. If I make $10, will I bring him? If I make $100, will I bring him?
I had to bring him 400 and something dollars this morning. That's his. Some folk would have said, oh, Lord, I done made. That ain't including the offering now. We just talking about. We could so go ahead to bring him 1500 Some folks, it's $15,000 that I made this week. Do I need to? You have to bring God was heals despite Well, when I make a hundred thousand a week, then I know. Because if you're faithful over little, you'll be faithful over much. But if you're not faithful over the little, you won't be faithful over much. So one day I'm going to really be able to help the church. You can help the church now. Because you're lying. Because you, you, you can get a pocket full of money. I, I've seen it. I, I, I have even said in, in the uh, pulpit. Some of you, God going to bless you now. When he bless you, don't forget the church. And some of them, I can see when God done bless them because they're going to ride up in something. They won't bless God or his church. Say to your neighbor, when he blesses you with much, bring him what's his. And when he blesses you with little, bring him something. You heard what Deacon Ope said earlier? He said he don't even care if it's a little something. He's going to make sure. How many of that's your mindset? See, because you really can't beat God giving. Now that, now that was a song that we used to sing. We didn't mean it, but that's a true song. Now, I'm just being honest. When I, when I sung it, I wasn't saved at the time, but I, but I sung it because it was a popular song in our church. We used to come around giving the offering. You can't be God giving no matter how hard you try. The more you give to him, the more he'll give to you. So keep on giving and you'll find out this is true. You can't be, but I'll be singing it. Church full of folk. And most of the folks singing it were not, were robbing God. Including Understand this. The root meaning of being faithful is to be solid. Yeah, to be solid. And and what that says in one sense, if, if you're solid, pressure is not going to be able to control you. Whether pressure is coming from something or somebody. It's not going to be able to control you or to cause you to make a decision ahead of time. Be- because pressure is a force that tries to push you into thinking, talking, and doing something in a hurry. 
You can't allow that to happen. And, and see, pressure can come out of the mouth of a professional. Look, if, if, if we need you to hurry up and make this decision. No. You, you don't need me to hurry up because I'm Christian. And I live based upon Proverbs 3, 5 and following. I got to acknowledge God in all my ways so he can tell me what to do. So if you're looking for a quick decision, just count me out. Now, if God decides to tell me in a hurry, so be it. But I'm not going to do it just because you're trying to push me into doing it. Because I know if I wait on the Lord, he'll renew my strength. If I wait on the Lord, he'll bring to pass everything that he promised. Because I know that all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Say to your neighbor, when you're faithful, it says that you're solid. You're not going to allow pressure coming from something or somebody to push you into thinking the wrong way, talking the wrong way, or doing the wrong thing. Because some of us have a history that says we're not solid. You will change in a New York minute. Some of us folk can just say, you need to do such and such and you'll do it. And pray, claiming to have the Holy Ghost, but are not being led by the Spirit of God. That ain't right. You never allow something or somebody to push you into doing something before God talks to you. Or before you know that's what God would have you to do. Because it's a sign that you're not faithful. I said it's a sign that you're not faithful. Because again, the root meaning of, of faithful is to be solid. That's the reason I'm going to stand on God's word. Because I know what it is to be unfaithful. How many in this middle section you ever messed up your own self because you wasn't faithful? God forbid that we got elders and preachers that have messed up themselves for not being faithful. Say to your neighbor, you got to be faithful. So that means you got to be solid. Salesman tells you, well, you need to hurry up and make a decision because we got three more folk looking at this car. Well, if they want it, let them get it, God. If they get it, God got something back. If you don't hurry up and, and, and do this surgery, uh, such and such is going to happen. Well, you, 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 I guess it's going to have to happen if that's what you think. Because I ain't doing nothing until I hear from God. You have to stand on whose word? Let every man be a And let God be true. I'm telling you, I done messed up myself by thinking I had to hurry and do something. And I don't think I'm the only one. And, and see, often we don't learn from certain mistakes. Signing the paper before you go, yeah, we need you to sign right there. Did you read it? Biblically, we already know we're supposed to have an understanding. You don't do nothing you don't understand. Look, all we, if, you, if, you, if you want it, all we need you to do is sign right here. But you got, all, you got five paragraphs I hadn't read. Oh, that's just, uh, no. 
I need an hour to read this. It ain't but three paragraphs. Why you need an hour? Because I want to make sure I get a good. I'm not going to sign something and then realize 30 days later that I messed myself up because I done been there before. Biblically, when you're faithful, it says about you that you listen to the preacher. I got to prove that. I, I knew I was going to have to prove it when I said it. Let's go to Romans 10. I said, biblically, it, when you're faithful, it means you're going to have to listen to the preacher. And you know how your kin folks are about preachers. You believe everything that preachers say. And you should if that preacher giving you the word. Sometimes folks forget that, that genuine preachers were chosen by God. You know? Some of y'all didn't say much. But I think you know that. Romans 10 and 14. It says this. How then shall they call on him or God in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without what? I don't need no preaching. Well, we need to erase this out of the Bible. But then the Bible says don't add to, don't take away. So we got to keep it, right? Say to your neighbor, it is. is. We need a preacher. preacher. Notice here, how shall we hear without what? Now go down to Romans the 17th chapter. I mean the 17th verse. Romans 10 and 17. 17th verse in this same chapter. So then faith comes by. And hearing by what? You have to have a preacher to hear the word of God. Or to get faith. You have to have it. You have to have a preacher. Now you need a preacher that has been anointed by God, but you're going to have to have a preacher. That's just the Bible. How should they hear without a what? I said, use that on your kinfolk when y'all leave. You just tell them, I got to have a preacher because that's what God ordained. Well, I can read it for myself, but you don't understand. God is the one that ordained it. You can, you can read and hear yourself reading, but there are certain things that God wants to reveal to you that it takes a preacher to bring to your attention. That's just the way he set it up. And the reason being because of the anointing that he gives a preacher. That's the reason Jesus said in the book of Luke, the fourth chapter, and I believe it's the 18th verse. He, he said, God has anointed me to preach. He done anointed me. And see, when you read, you're not anointed to read. You can read what I'm, the anointing on me all the time. No, it ain't. You, you definitely need to preach it. You think the anointing is on you all the time. You can't be anointed all the time. Not even a preacher can be anointed all the time. There's no need for me to be anointed while I'm taking a shower. I need to be anointed when I'm operating in God's purpose. I know you got folks that, that sometimes they always try to act like they, they sensitive, but that, that's a spooky person. That ain't no anointed person. Ooh, I saw you. We we on vacation. Yeah, but go and show me. Look, tell me when we get back. I'm vacating right now. No, I don't even let them tell you when they get back because they spooky. How many understand that? 
If you're going to be faithful, you have to have a preacher. You have to have someone that God has anointed to give you revelation. To reveal to you the mindset of God. Let me give you more scripture. Amos 3 and 7 said, Surely the Lord God will do nothing unless He reveal His secret unto His servants, the prophets. He has to give you something that's beyond you. But though it's beyond you, you need it. And you get it from a preacher. Amen? Lord have mercy. You really understand that? All right, let me, let me show you something else. Romans 1 and 17. I'm getting ready to close it. Romans 1 and 17. Ready? This further. Well, let me start at 16 verse. This is what Paul said. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who what? And remember going back to Romans 10 and 17, it was important for folks to believe. And in order for them to believe, they had to have what? A preacher. Okay, so again, Romans 1 and 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is what? From faith to? As it is written, the just shall live by what? See, God going to send his revelation from faith to faith. And again, that faith that Paul is talking about is going to come from a preacher. It's going to be revelation telling you the wish of the will of God. How many understand that? Let me show you one last scripture. Let's go to, well, let me, let me show you two scriptures. Let me, let's first go to Proverbs, the 20th chapter. Lord have mercy. Let me show you how awesome it is to be faithful. Look at Proverbs 20 and 6, the last clause. A question is asked. Who can find a faithful man or faithful person. See, it's difficult to, to really find somebody that has constant faith or faithful all the time. But because God wants us to have the same spirit of faith, that needs to change. We need to be faithful in the church and outside the church. Because notice the question again, who can find what? We need to be able to say, I can. I can find one. I know one. But see, because you have folks that, that will allow pressure to change them, it's hard. Because one minute they're this way and the next minute they're like a yo-yo. Do they still make yo-yos? Okay, so y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, last scripture. Proverbs 28. And 20. This is going to be one, when you see a faithful person, this is going to be one thing you're going to see. Proverbs 28 and 20. Y'all ready? First, first clause. A faithful man will abound with what? When you're faithful, you're, you are going to abound with blessings. Now, remember when Solomon, a man of God, talked about blessing, his concern was God's Blessing. There are two type blessings, right? God's and others. Not even just necessarily man. Satan can bless you. I said Satan can bless you. 
He tried, he tried to put some blessings on Jesus. And Satan then tried to put some stuff on some of us. A faithful man will abound with what? Let me, let me just show you this. Proverbs 10. So, so I can prove what I just said. Proverbs 10 and 22. There are two different type blessings. God's and everybody else's. Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one what? And notice he, he, he has to be talking about the blessing of the Lord in Proverbs 28 and 20. Because he's talking about something that's going to continue. A faithful man will abound with what? See, if, if, the, if the devil bless you, it's not going to last. Because the devil comes not before the what? It's just a setup. He's going to give you something, but it's a setup. Set up to what? Destroy you. And see, even when it comes to a man, a man will make sure he bless you, but a man going to look to see that he's getting something out of it too. And the majority of the time, whoever is blessing you, they're going to get more out of the deal. Yeah, person, person blessing you with $20 an hour. But what you're doing is worth about $120 an hour. I'm going to stop right there. Let's get a little Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.